Thank you very much. Morning. Morning. How are we all? I think we're missing the ladies, aren't we? Oh, we're not? Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Never mind. I saw some husbands just never said anything. They'll be in trouble. This morning we're talking about being all in is the theme for the month, and I want to talk about all in, the family being all in. Acts chapter 16 and verse 24 says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your household and your family. So we want to talk about that. And I want to share about how that if one member or one person of a family becomes a Christian, then God just loves to save everybody in that family. We call uh, God as our father, yes? And so uh, he becomes the father of our family. And uh, we can believe God and start to have faith for every member of our household. And I want to encourage you to do do that this morning. We're going to look at the scripture in Acts chapter 16. It's going to come up on the screen. And uh, we're going to read these verses. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. The Lord, whoa. And first, the rest of it, going on to verse 34. Have you got that? It's coming. Okay. Shall I read it from here? The thing's playing up today. We don't want things playing up today, do we? All right, I'll have to read it to you. That could be a problem. Wait a minute. Get some eyes. Lord, open his eyes. That's our theme, isn't it? Somewhere in the deep, dark recesses of this. Here we go. So, all right. So about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came came loose. And the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, What must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord uh, and to all the others in the house. At that hour in the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. That's great, isn't it? Hands up those who would love a day like that, where our whole family was found in the house. Hallelujah. And that's what God wants to do for us. That's his purpose for our life. When one person in a family comes to the Lord, then God just would love to embrace everybody in that family. 
and, and uh, bring them into salvation. So at midnight, uh, Paul and Silas, they're in prison, they're locked away, and they've got the rats running around, and, and the sewage, and their feet, and their feet are in the stocks, and, and they, so they, they could have said, well, what are we going to do now? Most of us would be pretty miserable in that sort of situation, but not Paul and Silas. They begin to sing. Paul says to Silas, Paul, uh, Silas, I think we better start singing. We're in a bit of a mess here. We better start to praise the Lord. And so right in the midnight hour, the darkest time, and they're in a miserable situation, they begin to sing hymns to God, yes? And all the other prisoners are, what is that? You know, But these guys have a faith in God that God will turn things to good for them. And so they begin to sing and to thank God and to praise God even in this miserable time. And God sends an earthquake, yes? And shakes the prison open. And the jailer knows he's in big trouble because all the prisoners are escaping. And, uh, but he, he says, what am I going to do? And, and Paul says, listen, believe on the Lord Jesus. He sent this earthquake. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved and your household. So imagine that. Everybody gives their heart to the Lord, yes? They're baptized right away. And uh, that was the beginning. The Philippian jailer gets saved and the church began in Philippi. And that's uh, later on, years later, Paul writes to them. And that's where we get the book of Philippians from. He wrote to the church that started on that particular uh, time. And it was a fantastic thing. It's unquestionably God's will that the whole family of a believer will be saved. See, the devils like to break up families. And they're pretty successful eh? Uh, at breaking up families. But God loves families. God wants to put families together again. Hallelujah. And uh, that's how it is. And so we need to pray and we need to start believing God for our families. That every member of our family might come to the Lord. And as we pray and we continue to believe for them, eventually the Holy Spirit uh, arranges things and brings things to, to, to light until the thing that they want to do most of all is to give their hearts to the Lord. And that is an exciting time. Everybody has to make their own decision. I can't make, it, make that decision for my children or my grandchildren, but I can sure stand in the gap for them. I can sure pray for them and believe God for them and declare their salvation until they turn and give their hearts to the Lord. So, household salvation is a key right through Scripture. Let's go to Genesis chapter 7 and verse 1. The Lord then said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your whole family, uh, because I have found you righteous in this generation. So uh, Noah had faith for his family. He had three sons. Who were they? Ham, Shem, and Japheth. And uh, they married three girls, yes? And it says that they all came in to the ark at that time, and they were the only ones saved. Girls, it's very important that you marry the right guys. Ask the wives of these three. Very important to choose someone in the household of faith. Uh, Hebrews 11 verse 7 talks about this. By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is keeping with faith. And in the Old New Testament, Jesus is our ark. We don't have to build an ark. He is already built. His name is Jesus and we need to find ourselves in Christ. 
and give our hearts to the Lord. Next is chapter 12 and verse 3. We read this verse. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. And those of us who know our Bibles know that on that day, the angel of death was going to pass through the nation of Egypt and uh, they had to put the blood of a lamb on their doorposts and over the lintel of their, of their doors and they had to gather in that house. And if they were in the house, they were safe. Nobody, judgment did not come upon the household that knew the blood that was applied to the door. And so it is for us today. Joshua, let's go to Joshua chapter 2 and verse 12. I'm just going through these different scriptures. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family. And this is Rahab. Rahab uh, was in the city of Jericho. And the people of Israel had come out from the promised land. They were on their way to conquer the land of Canaan. And Jericho was the first city they came to. And, and uh, Joshua sent out spies. And these spies went uh, to the house of this uh, lady who was a prostitute. And she had a house on the, on the city wall. And she hid them so that they couldn't be found. And she said, look, I've hidden you and I've protected you. Now, she said, swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I've shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and that you will save us from death. Moving on. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we're doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. And she said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there, oops, but fast. Hide yourselves there three days until they return and then go on your way. Next, now the men had said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land you have tied the scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother, your brothers and all your family into your house. If any of them go outside your house into the street, their blood will be on their own heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be out on our head if a hand is laid That's it. On them. On them. So here they are. She must have been very persuasive because look at the next verse. Let's have that one. Next one. This is keeping the fellas on the desk, on the ball. So the city, the wall went down. Jesus said to the two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belonged to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother, her brothers and sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. And it says where she is to this day. Now, she must have been quite persuasive about this. Remember, they were marching around the city. And she must have said, Mom, Dad, you've got to get into my house. Because that house will be protected, anybody in there. And she got her sisters in. And she got her brothers in. And she got their families in. You've got to stay in my house. Because this army is going to take the city for sure. And, if, and they've promised to save anybody who's in my house. 
And so she put the scarlet rope down. And the scarlet, of course, in the Bible is a picture of the blood of Jesus. And so there's this sign there. And so they're there in the house. Now you've got to know that that wall went down. When these people shouted, wow, everything shook. And the walls became tumbling down. And they're in a house on that wall. But it was the only part of that wall that stayed up. And the archaeologists tell us today when they found the ruins of Jericho that there was all the walls of Jericho were demolished except for one small part. You see, that was Rahab's house. And you need to stay in the house. Hallelujah. You need to be under the covenant of the blood that God has made with humanity that, that when he sees the blood, judgment passes away from us. And it's important to be in the ark. It's important to be in Jesus. Yes? It takes faith. And it's going to take some persuasion for some of us to persuade our families to stay in the house. Yes? And to be in the house. It's the place of safety. All right. Isaiah, next one. Isaiah 44 and verse 3. Now, oh, no. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. There is a blessing for you and your family. Yes? Have we got the next one? Isaiah 59 verse 21. Is that there? As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is on you will not depart from you. And my words that I've put in your mouth will always be on your lips, on the lips of your children and on the lips of their descendants. Yes? From this time on and forever. So there's the blessing down to the third generation. So there it is. And you can claim that. You can remind the Lord about that and, and, and believe God for that. Um, Catherine Booth, who was the mother of the... Uh, the Booth family, where, uh, who raised up the Salvation Army, she said to the Lord, she said, I will not stand in your presence unless I stand there with all of my children. And she had 11. And she believed God for every one of them. And those children changed the world that they were in through the great work of the Salvation Army, a tremendous story of God's salvation and God's provision. My family is a, is, a, is a story as well. My great-grandfather, Henry Roberts, that was on mum's side. Henry Roberts was, uh, in, in uh, 1884, he became one of the first All Blacks that was ever appointed. He was All Black number 10. So he was in that very first team that was there. He was halfback for the All Blacks. And he scored the very first try from his halfback position ever scored by an All Black. And Henry was well known in Wellington because he was in the All Blacks, yeah? So that was that. But one day, he was walking the streets of Wellington. He heard singing coming out of the opera house. Well, that's not unusual. That's where you hear singing. But it wasn't opera singing. And he heard the singing and he thought, well, that's strange. So he had some time, so he wandered in and sat at the back and found himself in a Christian meeting that was happening in the opera house. And the fellow was talking about the prodigal son. And that night, Henry Roberts gave his heart to the Lord. 
In a few short months, he was out on the streets preaching the gospel and sharing his faith. And this was in the newspapers, that this fellow who was an all-black had become a Christian. And uh, so he was, he was out and out for the Lord, yes. And uh, a couple of years later, he heard about the evangelist Smith Wigglesworth and took the initiative to invite Smith Wigglesworth to come to New Zealand. And so he was there. And after that crusade, great meetings in Wellington where the town hall was packed for weeks uh, on end and hundreds were saved. They started the, uh, the first Pentecostal church in New Zealand. That was Henry Roberts. Now, this all black fellow, he had four boys. And he started, he, he heard this message about believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your household. And he said, Lord, I'm going to believe for my four boys to give their lives to the Lord. Years were going past. Well, it didn't take long for, the two, for two of them uh, to come uh, to, to the Lord. Harry and Fred soon gave their hearts to the Lord, but the other two didn't want a bar of it. Now, one of them, Ted, he was also in the All Blacks in 1924 uh, in, in the Invincibles team, and he was the first one. So the, the father, Henry, and Ted, the son, were the first ever to have be All Blacks, father and son. They weren't in the same team because it was, this was years had gone by. And so Ted, he's not having a bar of this. He doesn't want to know about his father. I mean, his father's gone crazy. He's, he's gone off the wall. And so these two, they were, wouldn't have a bar of, of anything like that. And uh, so am I getting some water? Am I getting no, dry, the elixir of life? No, that's, that's living water. Hmm? You, you, you living water? The difference. Good, that, you, goes, that goes me another half hour now. <laughs> Three quarters now. So, so, but one day... Ted's at home and he's listening to the radio as they did in those days. And he hears somebody preaching and as he's listening to this, all of a sudden the presence of God fills his house and he knows he needs to give his life to the Lord. And he gets down on his knees in the lounge and Ted Roberts, uh, halfback for the All Blacks, gives his heart to Jesus. Yes, and he rings up his dad, his dad who's getting on in a few years now and says, Dad, I found Jesus. And his father said, yes, I'm believing for my whole household. Three down, one to go. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so that's how it was. And there, were, there was this, Will Lynn couldn't believe that his brother had become one of these Christians. He was a businessman in Wellington. And he said, that'll be the day. And he went further and further. <laughs> he said, I'm not having a bar of this. But old Henry, he just said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. I am believing for my whole family to come into the house. And he just stood on that. Well, one day, uh, Len's wife, Bessie, these are great names, aren't they? Go back. Bessie was struck down with cancer. And uh, Len was devastated. And in those days, there was absolutely no cure, of course, for cancer. And so it was a death sentence. And she went downhill rapidly. And uh, Len, he, he, was, he loved his wife. He was absolutely devastated about this. Anyway, he, he goes round to his uh, brother Ted and uh, says, what am I going to do? And Ted's reply was this. God still answers prayer, Len. 
Oh, yeah, whatever, you know, whatever. Listen, I'm in big. But he couldn't get that out of his head. God still answers prayer. God still answers prayer. Bessie kept going downhill. One night, then got down on his knees and said, Lord, I'm ready to make a deal. (laughs) I'm ready to make a deal. If you will heal my wife, I will serve you all the days of my life. That's what he said. He said, I I promise you. Well, guess what? Bessie never died. She just kept living and the cancer receded and she was totally healed. And Len, true to his word, gave his heart to Jesus. Hallelujah. Became a follower of Jesus. Hallelujah. And his father said, Hallelujah. That's the four boys then. Bless the Lord, you see. So that's how how it was. And guess what? Bessie was really here. She outlived a lot of them. That whole generation, she lived longer. All the others died one by one. She just kept going. Just kept going. And out of that family, those four boys, there came missionaries and pastors down through the generations. Hallelujah. And uh, it's still going. So God has blessed. God wants us to be blessed in our families. Yes, he does. Now, in Joshua chapter 24, can we go there? Just one scripture there. Have we got that there? Go back a bit. Joshua took 20, yeah, 4, 14 and 15. I missed that one. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Joshua is about to go to heaven. And he says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. See, we, we're going to serve somebody. We're going to serve, so either we're serving the Lord or we're going to be serving ourselves or we're going to be serving the devils. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. And Joshua stands up and says, this is where I stand. You have to decide for yourselves who you're going to serve. If you don't want to serve God, well, help yourself. But as for me and my house, we will... You say, wait a minute, you can't can't make that sort of stuff. How do you know that's going to happen? Well, it's not a matter of relying on us. It's a matter of relying on the Lord who said, I watch over my word to perform it. And so for me and my household, I pray... I remind, I said, Lord, remember you said that if I believed in you, you would save me and you've done that. And now you'll save my household. And so, Lord, I'm making this faith declaration that as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. And I'm not depending upon my attitude or my effort to do that. I'm depending upon the spirit of the Lord to bring them all in. Hallelujah. And so my four children serve Jesus. Yes, they do. And so now I'm on to the grandchildren. Yes. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yes. And so I'm declaring that. I am believing. That is my stance of faith. Hallelujah. And one day, one day, one day, hallelujah, each one of them are going to turn and give their hearts to Jesus. 
one by and and we need to stand in there for our family. Rahab stood in for her family. Uh, Cornelius, we, uh, we, uh, we won't go to that because time is flying. Cornelius, he was there and he invited Peter to his house and he got all his friends, all his family and all his relatives into the house. And Peter turns up, you can read about it in Acts chapter 10, and he starts to preach and as he's preaching, the Holy Spirit falls on them, Yes. And they all get saved. They all get baptized. They all get filled with the Holy Spirit in one day. And those days are coming again. Yes. Hallelujah. That we need to believe. We need to believe for our mums. We need to believe for our dads. We need to believe for, our, for, for our, our sons and our daughters and our brothers and our sisters. We need to trust God and we need to stand for them because in these days of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and the, there is a harvest coming. Hallelujah. It's on the way in this town and in the surrounding districts. Praise God. And through this nation and through the world. Hallelujah. It is a time that people will get saved. Hallelujah. And you and I need to stand for them and believe God for them and declare. We don't need to keep asking and asking. We need to ask and declare. We're going to do that this morning. And we're going to stand this morning. And then we're going to begin to thank God for it. And we're going to declare that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And when you pray, say, Lord, remember what you said. That if I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, that I would be saved and my household. Lord, I'm believing you to bring each one of my children into faith. I'm believing for my mum. I'm believing for my dad. I'm believing for my brothers. I'm believing for my sisters. Hallelujah. I, I preached this in, in, uh, in, in England one time a few years back, and there was a lady there, uh, Marion Glass, and uh, her husband, uh, they are now superintendents of the whole Elam churches in, in, in the United Kingdom, a big group of six, 700 churches. She heard me preach this, and her father, he would he hated Christians. And he, he was very uh, clear about this. And he didn't like his daughter being a Christian, and he gave her a hard time. And, and she had been praying for him for years, but had flagged it away as being in the too hard basket. And then she heard me preach this message, and faith arose in her heart. And she's like, oh, I'm going. And he's dying. The old dad is dying. She had talked to him, but he, don't you talk to me about that stuff. I don't want to know. She said, anyway, she said, Lord, and she did what we're going to do this morning. And she stood up on a meeting and said, I am believing for my father. Hallelujah. I am believing for my dad. Lord, he hasn't got long to go, but hallelujah, I'm still hanging in there for him. So she did. And she went back to the hospital uh, to visit him. He's, he's only got a few days to live. And she thought, oh, I've got to, I've got to, I'm going to, I might get it in the air again, but I've got to have, ask him again. Dad, have you thought about heaven? Dad, have you thought about Jesus? It's time you need to open your life to God. Let him forgive you. Let him give you a new start. And as she said that this time, instead of him getting angry and clenching his fist and, 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 and tears started to come down his face. And right there in that bed, she led him to Jesus. Hallelujah. As he prayed the sinner's prayer, 
gave his life to the Lord and three days later he was gone. But he was gone to heaven. Friends, we're not dealing just with peanuts. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about heaven. We're talking about hell. We're talking about living with our families in heaven for, the, for all of eternity. We're not, you know, we're not talking about little things here. We're talking about salvation. Hallelujah. We're talking about forgiveness. We're talking about changed lives. We're talking about destinies. We're talking about generations. We're not just talking about just my kids. We're talking about their kids and their kids and their kids. Down there, if Jesus should tarry, down there through the generations. And you and I have been given the privilege of being, had our eyes open to Jesus. And we have a responsibility, I believe, hallelujah, to stand for them and to believe for them. So we're going to do two things at the close of this service. One, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you, a, if, you've, if you're not a Christian and you realize that today perhaps your family's been praying for you and you've never given your life to the Lord, but you know, I really need to give my life to Jesus. Well, we're going to take a minute to do that. And then after that, we're going to take another few minutes and we're going to stand together if you want to. And we're, and we're going to, if you want to stand for your family and say, I'm going to start believing God for my family. I'm going to hang in there. I'm going to begin to decree. I'm going to begin to believe for my whole family, my mum and my dad. You say they're hard, they're tough. No, they're not too tough for the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, you got saved. <laughs> so we can believe for that. So we're going to take those two moments. I'm going to pray right now. Let's just pray. Father, we just come to you and we thank you, Lord. I just thank you for every person here this morning. I just pray, Lord, that faith will arise in their hearts. That, Lord, that there'll be a response in our hearts. Lord, that the word of God shall uh, be like seed planted within us to grant us that miracle of faith. Hallelujah. That will grow and grow and grow until all that you want to accomplish will be accomplished. Father, we just thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Now, let me get, take that minute and, and let me ask you, do, do you know Jesus? While we're, we're praying and while everybody who are Christians are praying today, why, why don't you give your heart to the Lord? Why don't you just open up your life and say, yes, Lord, I need to give you my life. I need your forgiveness. I need your life. I need a new beginning. I've watched other members of my family perhaps and say, I, I, I need to become a follower of Jesus. If you do that, if you're ready for that, then I'm ready to agree with you. When Jesus walked the earth, he said, if two of you shall agree touching anything, it shall be done. And I would count it a real joy just to take a moment and to agree with you in prayer. So if you're saying, yes, I'm giving my life to the Lord, then I'll say, yes, I agree with you. And we can make that prayer of agreement. If there's anyone like that, just lift your eyes up. Others are praying. Just lift your eyes up to me. Look straight, look straight at me and say, yes, it's me, Ian. I'm giving my life to the Lord this morning and I'd like to pray for you. Is there anyone like that who's saying yes? If I don't catch your eyes, just give us a little wave. Say, yeah, I'm, that's what I, I want to do. Anyone like that? Just take a minute. Okay. Hallelujah. I'm assuming that we all love the Lord and that. Okay, let's open our eyes now. Thank you for praying. Now, if you want to stand with me, because I'm going to pray a prayer of faith, we're going to pray together, and we're going to believe God for our children 
our mums, our dads, our uncles, our aunts. Why don't you just stand where you are? Hallelujah. And let's ask the Lord for miracles out of this thing tonight, this morning. Have you got faith this morning? Hallelujah. Can you see them this morning? I want you to see them coming. I want you to see them standing in church and believing and worshipping you. Hallelujah. Worshipping God. Worshipping the Father. Saying thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, God. So, Lord, here we are this morning. An Excite Church in Kirikiri, Lord, on the 9th of September, 2017. And we're standing, Lord, before you. Lord, because you said if we would believe in you, we would be saved and our household. And so, Lord, today we stand in your presence and we say, Lord, remember what you said. You said, Lord, that you would save our households. And so, Lord, we, we cry out to you this morning. Say, Lord, save these people, I pray. In the name of Jesus, Lord, send out your Holy Spirit. Send out your angels, Lord. Send out, gather them in, Lord. Change circumstances, my Father. Draw them into your presence, Lord, and grant them the gift of salvation, the gift of repentance, the gift, Lord, of eternal life, I pray. So, Lord, we give you thanks this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Believe for your miracle. Believe for great things to happen. Look for it, expect it, and see what God will do. God bless you.